if I keep preaching that Old Testament. So the uh, Lord's blessed us with the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 21. If you would, please stand when you get to that to pay reverence for the reading of the Word of God. Mark, chapter 5, uh, verse 21. The Word of God says this, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, and much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to assemble ourselves together here this morning. We uh, thank you for the the power of the Spirit from on high, Lord. We uh, pray, Lord, that we can uh, grab onto that Spirit this morning. Lord, we pray that you can use us in a mighty way. Uh, Lord, we know that we're a needy church. Lord, Father, we know that we are needy Christians, Lord, Father, that need your help, uh, that need your guidance. Lord, we thank you for the the Word that's been inspired on our hearts, Lord, Father, this week. And Lord, I pray that you can use it in a way to uplift your kingdom. I, I pray that we do and say all things, Lord, Father, in accordance to your will. We thank you for our home in heaven. We thank you for a hill called Calvary. And we thank you, Lord, Father, for the blood that was shed uh, to save a poor sinner like me. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. amen. Now, we uh, want to take just a little bit of time uh, uh, this morning, Lord, being our helper with Mark uh, chapter 5, uh, uh, verse 21. Uh, it says, And when Jesus was passed over again uh, uh, by ship unto the other side, much people were gathered unto him, uh, and he was nigh unto the sea. If you back up and you read the beginning of, of, of this chapter, we see that he goes into a place where a man uh, was possessed by many demons. Uh, he had a, a, a legion within him, is what it says in verse 9. Uh, and he besought him at much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now, uh, uh, those demons knew in a certain way of what Jesus could do. They knew the power of Jesus. Uh, and Jesus had just done something uh, miraculous in that country. Uh, and they had gotten upset that they had killed their pigs. Uh, and they run him out of town. Uh, they had sort of gotten sick of what Jesus was teaching and what Jesus was doing. Uh, uh, Jesus got on a ship and went to the other side. And this is where we, we pick up. And Jesus stepped off this ship, uh, uh, so to speak. And in verse 22, uh, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, uh, Jairus by name, And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Uh, now, praise the Lord uh, this morning. I want you to realize uh, that Jairus had a need. I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, and I've already read it, but I'll read it again. And, and he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now, praise the Lord this morning. I want to think about something that Jairus needed in his life. Uh, I, I believe that everybody here that's present, I don't care how old, how young, I don't care what you've got going on in your life, uh, there's something that you need uh, from Jesus in your life right now. I, I don't doubt that one bit. I, I showed up this morning and, and, and Sunday mornings are hectic for us. I, I don't know if they're hectic for anybody else uh, uh, that comes to church, but getting little children ready, uh, if anything can go wrong... Uh, uh, our children will act crazier on Sunday morning uh, than they will any other morning. My, my wife loses reasoning and my time planning loses time planning to try to get us out the door and get us on time to church or, or to, uh, to get everything right. Uh, it was just a couple Sundays ago, I believe we got hit by a car at a red light sitting down. I was like, oh my goodness, uh, uh, everything's going to just mess up this morning. Uh, it may be raining, uh, an appliance will tear up. Uh, uh, you may have lost family members. I want you to know if you need 
need something, if you need salvation, uh, uh, that's the first thing we've got to worry about. Uh, I hope and pray that each and every one of you has got salvation. Uh, you've got a home in heaven. Uh, you may have sickness. You may have family. Uh, you may have problems within school. Uh, you may be hungry during the week. Uh, I don't know all the problems uh, that we have in the church today, but I know that God does. Uh, I know that we have a man named Jesus uh, that knows your problems. Uh, it may be money problems. Uh, it may be lots of things, uh, but Jesus knows the problems. Now, Jairus has a problem. We see in Scripture that Jairus has a little daughter at home that is on the edge of death, is what the Bible says. Uh, she had done got to the point where Jairus uh, uh, believes 100% that if something does not change that very day, he will lose his daughter. Now, I want you to know something about my little old girl. Now, I, you may not have a little old girl, and I don't care if it was Jairus' little old boy. He'd been the same way. If my little old girl was at home sick, uh, uh, dying, uh, on the edge of death, uh, no doctor can do anything for her. Uh, mama can't do nothing for her. Daddy can't do nothing for her. Uh, she may have a fever. Uh, she may be sick. Uh, uh, she may even be covered up with some kind of disease. Uh, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I want you to know I may go to the ends of the world uh, to try to find something to fix her. Uh, I'd spend every dime that I have and every money the bank would give me to go spend it and find something to fix my little old girl. Uh, I would go out and I would borrow. Uh, I would uh, go out and do everything that I could. And I believe Jairus had done those things. I believe Jairus at this point in his life, uh, he was at the lowest point to try to save his little girl. Yes, now let's understand who Jairus was. It says there come with one of the rulers of the synagogue. A lot of people skip that. Now Jairus uh, had a job to do. Uh, Jairus worked with scribes. Jairus worked with Pharisees. Jairus works with the people that Jesus called vipers when they came to the place where he was being baptized. Now Jairus had a job to do in the synagogue. A ruler of a synagogue's job was to take the original Hebrew writings of the Bible, to transcribe those things and know what they say, and to make sure that anybody's teaching in that temple, they're teaching exactly what the law says. That's his job. His job is to make sure if something's being taught, if something is being spoke. Uh, when Jesus was 12 years old and his mama and daddy went and found him uh, teaching in the temple, it was a person like Jairus' job to make sure Jesus was teaching the right thing. So he had a very high position in a place uh, of people that did not like Jesus. Uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, after they tried to make him out as a liar, they wanted Jesus to die under they wanted Jesus out of the picture. Now Jairus was part of this community. And what I'm trying to explain to you is, is that Jairus went against everybody that he worked with. Understand that. He went, to a, he went into a place, uh, into a part of his life, uh, that it says here the hope becometh a man, uh, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, praise the Lord, he says he fell at his feet. Hey, the people that worked in the synagogue, I want you to know as soon as they found out that Jairus fell out on his feet, uh, when Jairus fell down and cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, come to my home, Jairus was fired. Understand that. It don't show us in Scripture. Jairus was fired that day. Yes, sir. 
Once it got back to his bosses that he done went to Jesus' feet and he done fell down and cried unto this man that we say is a liar. He is a thief. He's teaching people to work on the Sabbath. He's teaching people not to wash their hands. He's teaching people to do all this crazy nonsense. We want him to die. Jairus has to go back to those people. What Jairus had decided in his life is that he was going to give up his job. He was going to give up his ministry. He was going to give up everything in his life to get to Jesus. Ain't that good to know that when Jairus decided that his little daughter was beyond anything in this world, he gave up everything else to get to Jesus. He needed Jesus for something. He needed Jesus to heal his little girl. I done said this morning, if there's anything that you need, the first thing you need is salvation. I want you to know, right now this morning, if you need salvation, you should be ready to leave everything behind. I don't care if the people that you work with hate it. I don't care if the people, your next door neighbors hate it. I don't care if the people in the church hate it. I don't care who hates it. Uh, Everybody's going to hate certain things in this whole world. uh, And a lot of them hate the word Jesus Christ. Uh, You need Jesus this morning. you got to find Him. you got to love Him. Jairus gave it all up. You know, another thing that Jairus gave up, he gave up respect in his community. You know, I think when Jairus walked by, they said, well, there's, there's the, the fellow that works in the synagogue. That's the fellow. He knows his Bible. He knows the Word. He knows uh, the Hebrew. He knows everything about our teachings. He had a respect. You don't think when Jairus was fired for falling at the feet of Jesus, he lost respect in his community? Nobody liked Jairus after this. Hey, the Jews loved him, but now they despise him. The followers of Jesus... I want you to know something. Sometimes we've got to give up stuff in our life. Something you need from Jesus today. You know, after he falls at his feet, he cries out to him. Verse 24 says, I love it because Jesus went with him. He don't even question nothing. Jesus does not speak according to the Scriptures at this time. It just says that he went with him. I'm glad that Jesus has got compassion enough to not have to question everything that you're crying about and you've got problems with. Jesus knows your problems. He went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. Now there was a big crowd of people and I ain't stopped with the scripture. I didn't feel like reading all of it when I started. But they got all around him. There was a big crowd. There was a big murmur. And what does it say? And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years in verse 25 and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather it says, what does it say? It says, grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched His garment. Now, a lot of people try to make up different ideas of the problem that she had. And I'm not trying to tell you I knew exactly what was wrong with her. But in the book of Leviticus, chapter 15, verse 25, I'm not going to read it for sake of time, but it gives an example of an issue of blood uh, that can happen to people, that can happen to women. And it says that very clearly in Scripture that when she becomes this way, she becomes unclean. And a lot of people tie Leviticus 15.25 to this issue of blood. It says that she had a fountain of blood coming out of her, and we tie that back to it. And understand this. We need to understand very similar. He says to go in peace and behold of thy plague a little bit later in verse 34. Whatever she had had plagued and destroyed her whole life. 
Now, if we use Leviticus 15.25, and you better believe that those people around her held up the law, and we know that the Pharisees and the scribes had issues with people that did not follow the law, if she had this particular issue of blood, she would have been determined unclean. What she set upon would be determined unclean. What she touched would be determined unclean. What she... Uh, touching her husband would make her husband unclean. People that were unclean couldn't go to the temple to worship God. The people that were unclean uh, pretty much had a life of solitary confinement. You could not touch people. You could not get around people. Go back to your mama before I get you. Go on. Go on. You had a certain thing that you had to take care of when you had an issue of blood. You had certain fallings away. She had this for 12 years. 12 years. She could not touch her husband the way that she wanted to. She couldn't hold her children the way that she wanted to. She couldn't even sit in her house in certain places. She couldn't go out in public. Uh, She couldn't weed her way through a supermarket. Understand in this Old Testament law, when you become unclean, you had to publicly announce it. When you entered places, uh, she came in and said, unclean, as soon as she walked in. uh, People scattered. Uh, She couldn't have intimate relationships uh, with anybody. Couldn't have friends. Uh, She didn't have love in her life. She missed so many things because of a problem that was going on. And for 12 years, uh, she went to doctors, uh, spent all of her money. Uh, I'd like to think that each and every one of us, if we had uh, something that made us that way, uh, we'd spend everything we got to. We'd become somebody that's needed so much. Uh, She needed something in her life. Jairus needed somebody to heal his little old girl. And what did the woman with the issue of blood need? She needed somebody to heal her body. Uh, Praise the Lord this morning. Uh, If you need a healing from God, uh, He can give it to you. He can bless you. Uh, If doctors can't fix you, uh, He can. Uh, If you got something that nobody can seem to clean off, uh, He can clean it off. Uh, I'm glad I've got a God that loves me and helps me and blesses me beyond anything I ever deserve. And she touched the hem of his garment, praise the Lord. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, in verse 28, I shall be whole. Oh, man. Well, that was worth it. I tell you, it was worth it (laughs) to get to Jesus and touch that old garment. It was worth it to get there and walk upon that crowd. I want you to know what she did when she walked through that crowd. She touched other people. Y'all realize that? When she broke through that old crowd, I don't believe she said one time, I'm unclean. Yes, sir. She didn't do that. You know why, why I believe she didn't say I'm unclean? She, I think she said it for 12 years. Yes, sir. But at that point, when she took that first step, she didn't say nothing about being unclean anymore. Right. You know, anything that becomes unclean when it gets around a Savior, it becomes clean. Jesus don't get defiled. Jesus was not a defiled person. He didn't have sin in his life. I'm glad that anything that comes to Jesus has got problems and leaves without them. I want you to know that. I'm not saying that Jesus will heal every problem that you've got. He won't come into your life and heal your COPD or, or your high blood pressure or diabetes. I want you to know God won't heal every one of those things, but I'm glad that He can. I'm glad that He can. I'm glad that this woman had this problem. She said, I'll touch His clothes, I'll be made whole. Verse 29, a straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. 
the running of blood that she had in her life, the problem that she had, the uncleanliness in her life, the, the defilement that she had, the plague that the Bible says here in a minute that she had, it says it left her, dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She knew it as soon as she touched it. I like to almost think that after the first step into the crowd, uh, there wasn't nobody getting touched, getting unclean according to the law. There wasn't nothing uh, nasty anymore after that lady took one step. I'm glad it takes one step. You know all those little other baby steps after that first step's real easy. I think it took that one step. She heard Jesus coming by. You know, the hardest step I ever took in my life was the step the morning that I got saved. Yes, sir. That first step was the hardest one. The first step that I took the very morning that I announced my call to preach was the hardest step. One of the hardest steps of my life. I tell you, the, the hardest steps that we make, we remember those things. You think this woman remembered this step? She remembered. She remembered working through the crowd. She remembered touching all those people. And I guarantee it was going through her mind, what am I doing? What have I got myself into? What are these people thinking about me? Do you think the people knew that she was unclean? Yes! She's been 12 years unclean. 12 years she's been walking around saying, I'm unclean, don't touch me. The people knew her. She wasn't in a strange town. When she showed up, obviously the people would have known. She worked her way to Jesus anyway. Twelve years. I can't, I can't imagine. You know, her breaking through the crowd, I want you to know what that means. Breaking through the crowd and touching people when you're unclean and not announcing what, that you're unclean, you know what that means? That means you're supposed to die. In the book of Leviticus, at the end of chapter 15, and after they describe all these different things through 15 and 16 that breaks the law, you're supposed to be brought before the people and stoned. Now, when the lady touched all those people being unclean, made multiple people unclean, touched the, the garment of Jesus, which in the, uh, the, the law theory would have made Jesus unclean. But praise the Lord, when she came up to Jesus, Jesus did not say, we're going to have to stone her to death. Whoa, this woman's unclean. She has made a mistake, people. This is not how you do things. That's not what Jesus said. It says the woman came back and she said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging. You see the people uh, getting excited. You see the people clustered together. Lord, how can we find somebody? I'm glad that when something amazing happened like this, Jesus didn't let it rest. He said, Who touched my clothes? He says, Who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing. It says in verse 33, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. He she told him. I, I believe she went into detail of what was going on in her life. What she had suffered with. What she had not been able to do. How she felt alienated. How she felt like she was wrong. How she was nasty. How she was defiled. How, how her family didn't feel like she didn't feel like her family loved her. I can't imagine not being able to even go to the house of work. You can't go to, you can't go to the, the temple. You can't go to synagogues. You can't uh, touch your spouse the way that you want to. You can't hug your children. You can't have those relationships. I can't imagine. You have to walk in and say, unclean. I believe that when Jesus, I believe, for, I believe Jesus knew it anyway. But when she told that story, can you imagine what the people around her felt? 
They said, well, we've, we really look down. Think about us as a church. Think about us as Christians. We see people struggling, having hard times. We see thieves, alcoholics, meth heads. We see all kinds of problems. We stand back and we say, hmm, shame on them. This lady walking around saying unclean. She didn't have to go into detail. There ain't no telling what kind of theories, what kind of thoughts people had about her, how she was the nastiest person in town. Can't go touch her. If you touch her, we'll have to remain in the house for seven days, not touch anything in the house, and then we'll have to go to the priest and bring in a two doves and bring in a forgiveness offering and bring in some flour and bring in some different things and the, and the priest offer. We can't touch her. It's too much trouble. We can't be around her. She's too much trouble. Hey, the world we look at, we say, oh, they're sinners. That's a lot of trouble. If we bring them into the church, we look at them, we say, oh, they're going to be a lot of trouble. Oh, the difficulty of, of bringing lost people into the church and the church loving them like Jesus did. Yeah. Loving them. Love, my goodness. God is love. The woman fearing and trembling, she fell down on her feet. Told them all the truth. Verse 34. He said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Praise the Lord. He did not say, Touching my special garment today made you whole. He didn't say, Let me take you down to the river and baptize you, because that will make you whole. He did not say any of those things. If you say this certain prayer, you'll be made whole. He didn't say those things. He said, Thy faith hath made thee whole. I believe that she was cured the first step. I do. I don't believe she made anybody unclean on the way there because she was already fixed. <laughs> I, I, I believe that she made that trip, she made that journey, she, she went through and had those people <laughs> touching them, getting to his garment. Yeah. Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Now I believe that the woman with the issue of blood, I believe this wholeheartedly, I believe that she showed up at the exact moment that she did to be cleansed the exact way that she did to show Jairus the power of Jesus. I believe that at some point, if Jairus would have heard that his daughter had died, he might have said, I don't need you any longer. He hadn't seen firsthand the power of God. He hadn't seen the firsthand the power of Jesus Christ. Now he was walking along with him in a crowd. An old lady done slipped in, touched a, a Jesus' garment, done got healed, done fell down on her face, uh, and she had publicly announced that she had been fixed and cleansed. Uh, everybody in that place knew who she was. Uh, everybody was astonished. I believe Jairus uh, knew her problems too. And Jairus said, my goodness, uh, uh, the power of an almighty God. Uh, hey, this morning, uh, we need to realize the power of an almighty God. Uh, he can fix your issues. Uh, he can fix your problems. Problems, and when Jairus even had a daughter that was dead and he was told that she was dead, he brought Jesus along anyway. I don't care how far your problems have went, how deep you've got in sin, how bad your family is off. I don't care the issues you got at work. I don't care how far and how bad they've got. Jesus loves you enough. You still need to bring Him on the scene. He brought Jesus in. I don't know if Jairus expected Jesus to raise his daughter from the dead at this point. I don't know. I don't know Jairus' heart. We don't see it. But he said this. As soon as the word, in verse 36, heard, as soon as Jesus heard the word, 
that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, he said, be not afraid. What does he say? He didn't say to go dip in the river. He didn't say to do a certain incantation. He didn't say to say a certain thing. He said, believe. Only believe. Praise the Lord. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. I want you to realize that he didn't bring anybody that was a naysayer into the room. I'm glad today sometimes we don't need people that doubt our salvation. We don't need people that doubt the power of a true living God. In the presence of things that need to be done, we need people that believe. If you want to anoint people with oil in the church, the people that anoint oil better believe it fixes things like the Bible says. If you want to do things and pray over things in the church, you better be the one praying that you believe the things are going to be done. If you want to see the church grow and you don't believe it's going to grow, don't bother the church praying for something you don't believe. Don't bring people in that do not believe in the, in the Word of God. It goes on to say this. It says, leave them all behind. I'm going to take Peter, James, and John. And when he come in, he saith unto them, Wake, why make ye this ado? And weep. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. What does it say in verse 40? And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, praise the Lord. I want you to realize something right there now. They started laughing. I, I can't imagine going home and my daughter being dead in the bedside and a bunch of folks laughing at somebody. I, I can't imagine that. Now, Jairus, if it was me, I'd done got hot. I'd, done, I'd probably done lost all composure. I probably wouldn't have known how to handle myself. I, I probably would have done something I really wouldn't have liked to do uh, because I have a man named Jesus here that i just seen amazing works from. I didn't give up everything in my town, my job, my community for this man named Jesus to come into my house and help my daughter. But what does Jairus... Jairus doesn't do anything. It says, and they laughed him to scorn, but then when he had put them all out, uh, praise the Lord, Jairus didn't put them out. Jesus wrote some folks out of the house. He said, get out you unbelievers. Get out you people that don't believe in my power. I'm glad today that you don't believe in the power of God. You'll never see the works of God. I want you to know that. If you don't believe none of it's going to happen, you ain't never going to see none of it. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, sometimes I don't believe it as much as I should. I don't have the faith that I should, but I have seen the works of God. I've seen people healed that had no, no reason that they should have been healed. I've had people that I've known had showed up on x-rays and CAT scans uh, and two months later after some praying, after some soul searching, guess what? They scanned them again and there wasn't nothing there. And they couldn't explain it. Uh, the doctors couldn't explain it away. We've seen people that had problems uh, uh, with their eyes, uh, uh, with their hearing, uh, uh, with blood pressure problems uh, and continual prayer and looking and seeking God's direction. They've been healed. I'm not saying to come up here and I'll start slapping you in the head like some of those crazy TV guys and you're going to be healed. I'm telling you, God will bless you. God can heal you. God loves me. And He loves y'all too. He sent His Son to die so that we may live. He goes on to say this. They laughed in the scorn. He's put them all out and He taketh the father and the mother. That's the only two. I'm going to bring the mother, I'm going to bring the father, and them that were with him. Peter, James, John, Jesus, and the parents were the only people in the room. 
Well, I'm glad when you turn back and look at Elijah walking into the widow's house with the oil, that he closed the doors up. He told him, close the doors up with your family and start pouring oil. I'm glad sometimes we got to shut the doors in our families and let them see a blessing in our lives. God works through our families sometimes. And it says, And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Telethakumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. Mm. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. She didn't get up weak, praise the Lord. She didn't get up tired, praise the Lord. Straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. They were amazed. This lady was dead. There's another, I believe it's the book of Luke, that says that her spirit came back into her. She was dead. She wasn't in no coma, like some people try to claim. This little girl was dead. And when Jesus stepped in the scene, he said, Damsel, arise. And that's all it took. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Jesus was more worried about that old hungry little old girl that he just saved than anything else going on in that room. Let's get her something to eat. I want you to know Jesus will supply you what you need. When you need it, how you need it, and better than you've ever thought he could have supplied. I believe that if he'd walked in and she was still sick, I believe if Jesus would have said she'll be better in three weeks, Jairus would have been happy. I believe if Jesus would have just told Jairus, says, you go back, she'll be better in a month, Jairus would have been happy. I believe something so simple as that. I believe all those simple simpleness, he didn't even have to go. There was, more, there was a time that he just sent somebody back. Said, well, your faith has healed them. Just go back and you'll find them better. He went to Jairus' house, closed the door, found a dead girl laying in a bed 12 years old, and rose her back to life. Yes, sir. Why? <laughs> I'm going to ask you why he did it. Why did he take the time when he had such a great ministry going on that he stopped everything that he was doing and saved a little 12-year-old girl in the house of a man that was a ruler of the synagogue that hated Jesus' guts and wanted him to die? He stopped and went to his house and healed his daughter. Yes, sir. I'll tell you why. Because he believed. Jairus believed. Jairus went and told him, Come to my house. How many of you have went out of your way and prayed harder than you've ever prayed before for things to happen? I have. How many of you had lost loved ones that you seem to pray for and nothing ever happens in their lives? That's me. How many of you truly pray earnestly, cry tears by your bedside, by your, in your closet, the Bible teaches us, you just cry out and you say, Lord, continue to watch over this. And nothing happens. How many of you? We pray sometimes and we feel so tired. We feel so neglected. We feel like the Savior that saved the world doesn't have time for us. I'm glad He does. I'm glad He'll stop for the people that hate Him the most. I'm glad He'll walk out of His way and heal an extra person on the way there to get to your problems. No matter how much you love Him, how much you hate Him, I'm glad that the Scripture shows us that He loves us. If you've got a problem today, I'm glad that you don't have to wait any longer. 
You don't have to wait till they start playing the piano or, or have an invitation. If you have a burden, if you need a break, if you, have a, if you need proof today that He's a living God, the altars will be open here in just a second. But what are you willing to do to touch Jesus? What are you willing to give up to get to Jesus? I have faith that God hears your pleas, that God hears your prayers, and He knows your needs. I have faith that He does. I don't care what you're going through. As I get a verse of some song ready this morning, I want you to know that Jesus loves you enough that He'll take the detour to come into your life. He'll come into your life and bypass everything that's in the way. No matter how difficult, no matter how hard, no matter how out of the way you may seem, no matter how much you think that you are unworthy, Jairus was the definition of somebody that Jesus shouldn't have uh, thought possibly that, well, this guy isn't worthy. He hates my guts. Yes, sir. Uh, he was standing there uh, mocking me uh, just a couple of weeks. He may have seen, he might have heard uh, certain things, but Jairus, what did he do? He believed. I'm glad that's all it takes. He believed. The woman with the issue of blood... Believing, thy faith hath healed you. Oh, you believed, I have healed you. Uh, This morning, if you've got problems, if if you're lost, if you need Jesus Christ, I'm glad that over and over in the book of John, multiple, multiple times, it says by faith you are healed. By faith you are saved. By faith and believing in Him, you receive salvation. I want you to know the sickness that you have worse than anything you hear of high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, heart disease. You can hear about all those things, but the worst thing you can have on you is lost. Being lost and not knowing Jesus and being sent to an awful place called hell that was designed for Satan and his angels is a lot worse than any disease I can think of in this whole world. As we stand and sing, what page you got? Page 81 this morning. There are people here this morning that need to pray. They have things in their life that are dragging them down. They have problems. They have heartaches. I don't believe we can miss a a pew. I don't believe we can miss a person that has something they need to pray to God about today. Say, Lord, help me through this. You know, when I believe when she went through that old crowd, she wasn't ashamed anymore. She had found Jesus Christ, and she knew that she would do anything to get to Him, no matter how bad she looked. When Jairus saw Christ coming and heard of Him, I don't believe he worried about his job. He worried about his community liking him. He decided right then and right there, I'm going to do everything I can to get over there and tell him about my problems. Jesus cares today. Jesus loves today. He wants to help you. He wants to guide you, direct you, heal you, and do wonderful works.